0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week is James Hong week with The Vineyard and The Jitters. Yes, you know who James Hong is. You'll know him when you see him.
1: Drive away your worries and cares at this drive in theater.
2: That's why to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we
0: present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under seventeen admitted.
3: As is tradition.
2: So is your Technical kid glitches? Yet, no, not until after Labor Day.
1: Oh. Lucky all, all American kids have started already. As you can tell really? by fucking flood of Facebook first day pictures. I haven't
2: received that. Maybe I've, maybe I've blocked so many Americans during the Trump years that I don't longer
1: see them. <laughs> it's probably for the best. So. Yeah, we, we had a bunch of people. It's like, yeah, their kids go for like three hours tomorrow. And then on like a Thursday is their first full day of school. It's like, well, what's the point of doing
2: that? It's super weird what they do sometimes. I don't understand it. Sometimes they bring in certain grades first, and then you're like, I don't, like, are not all the kids going to have to learn to go to school together? Like, just bringing in, like, <laughs> different grades on different days change anything? Like, I don't understand. No, I don't either. But I'm also not an expert in education, so maybe there's a very good reason, and I just don't know it. Or maybe it's dumb. Both are possibilities.
1: It's pretty dumb Probably My vote, my vote is dumb uh, Good times Should we just jump yeah. into
2: this, this week's review? Yeah, that's our transition Alright Everything's dumb, speaking of these movies
1: <laughs> Alright, Doug, why don't you tell us about The Vineyard? The Vineyard uh,
2: Okay, so old guy Is like really, really old But he looks just normal old And it turns yeah. out that he uses the blood of young people to make his wine, which he drinks, which keeps him young. And there's magic involved, but I don't really understand the magic. I don't feel it's particularly well explained. Um, but part of it is burying the bodies in the, the vineyard. So he brings a group of young people to his island. And or steeping island. them in the wine. Yeah, he, he does various things with the bodies, but a bunch of them are in the vineyard. That's important later. Um, so, yeah, he brings a group of young people to his uh, island to... He tells them it's because he's going to be making a movie about wine or something. And uh, one of them is a reporter, so he gets to ask annoying questions all the whole time whenever they need exposition. And uh, basically, uh, he's really going to kill them all and use their blood to keep himself young. But... Uh, the problem is that all the bodies in the vineyard start coming back as zombies and all hell breaks loose. And there you go. That's your movie. <laughs> Keeping in mind that we had a glitch in our recording schedule, so it's been over a week since I watched it. I may have missed some details.
1: No, nah, that was pretty good.
2: Yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, so how did we feel about this movie?
3: Uh, I think it was is. It's... Uh, cheesy
2: was it Noah garbage put with, on the list? yeah of course it was me uh, you know that, you know yeah no put these what are you <laughs> we're doing james hong week and you're like who put that on the list of He's, course it's Noah. What kind of sick what kind
3: of sick bastard uh yeah i mean so here's the thing it's uh it's cheesy it's bad acting a lot of it's just an excuse for naked ladies and james hong to be excruciatingly close to young naked ladies and uh yeah it's awesome
1: (laughs) which before i started this i didn't realize he also co-directed it which then led me down a rabbit hole to look at his other stuff because i looked at the trivia for this movie and one of them was like yeah james hong has directed uh, a couple sexploitation films and i'm like what so yeah i knew knew he had
3: directed a shannon tweed movie
1: I looked at his IMDb and holy shit. Yeah, he's done at least three or four of them.
2: That's funny. Yeah,
3: but
1: yeah. Like pan, really? Oh, Eyes well.
3: so up creamy. See, I don't, like, I don't, right.
2: Let's be careful <laughs> with the accents.
3: <laughs> Technically, <laughs> I'm not doing a racial accent. I'm doing a James Hong accent, which is its own complete thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he is a unique character. Like if there's something about mm-hmm. him where you're just like every time you see him you're like oh it's that guy like every time you know in my head I'm, I always think of him as the guy from Wayne's World and I'm like no oh, yeah. it, it's not a huge not a huge part he plays in that but it's really memorable and he just stands out and every time you see him you think of him as that guy and then you realize he started a whole bunch of movies and <laughs> he probably shouldn't be referring to him as the guy from Wayne's World where he had a bit part but it was yeah, one of his and I've always mainstream wondered, endeavors.
1: Like... Like, is that an insulting scene now? Is there, like, I don't know. Probably. Making fun of, like, old kung fu movies, but they have the Asian guy doing the thing where he has a different voice and it doesn't match up with, with what his mouth is saying?
2: I don't know. I mean, is making fun of the movies of a culture considered making fun of the culture? I don't know.
3: What year is this?
1: Oh, it's like 95 or no, something.
3: No, no, in general.
2: Is this, is this
3: 2022? Oh. Yeah, video. Yeah, yes, it's it's offensive.
2: Offensive. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much everything is.
1: <laughs> Ninety-three. Wayne's World Two came out one year after the first Wayne's World. Seems like yep. there was a little bit more of a gap than that. It
2: is. I'm sure, how much time they needed to pound out that Wayne's World Two script? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was just curious. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because I was younger. Maybe time seemed a lot. A lot more broad, definitely. yeah. Well,
2: a year was a much... From your perspective, a year was a lot longer back then than it is now.
1: No, trust me. I've, I've come the, to grips with the fact that time means nothing to me anymore, and ten years <laughs> can pass, and I'll have no idea that ten years has passed.
2: That has nothing to do with this movie. Should we talk about the movie more? Or? You haven't told eh. us what you think, Brian.
1: Uh, I thought the movie was okay, which I think is a compliment. <laughs> like it's <laughs> Listen, like it's fine.
2: It's
3: it's fun in a garbagey way.
1: It is definitely something I would have seen on up all night at some point, which it would have been like 10 minute movie cuz they had to take all the nudity out of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I I think this movie would have been absolutely fine if you just were like walking through a video store in 1989 and were like this is a horror movie I haven't seen yet. So you just brought it home and stuck your VHS in the player and just watched it. It's there's nothing great about it, but it's fine. Uh, the problem is those are the hardest movies to talk about. <laughs> it's like, can't really. It's catch, true. You know, like this. This. I do think the uh, the special effects are quite good. Like the stuff looks good. It's just I don't. The story's somewhat nonsensical and the acting's bad and you know, but then. and and even some of the stuff like where they make James Hong look like really old because he hasn't had any like blood in a while and you're like okay but that's they make him look monstrous not old like it's weird is he possessed or something (laughs) it looks neat but it it doesn't look like an older man you know it just looks like some sort of hideous beast so yeah
1: awfully random understand why he loses all of his hair and it looks like the top of his head is melting I don't understand why that happens but sure
2: (laughs) And it's like cheekbones are like said, protruding from his things, face, and you're like, "Things happen." Eh. <laughs> well, that's it. And I mean, it it is very much a movie where you just have to accept that, hey, things happen, right? Like, you're gonna there's gonna be zombies, and the, for some reason they they go through all the effort of burying the bodies, but they don't put them all the way into the ground. All right, because we need somebody <laughs> to stumble across a head sticking out of the ground later. Like, that's just the kind of movie this is. It's fine when you have like when they have to go out and like, what do they have to sprinkle dirt on the bodies or something to keep them down every night?
0: And Save the guys are, like,
2: there's, there's so many of these bodies that I just, I can't get, get around to doing it. It's like, Oh, just start a little earlier. Like bring a second guy with you. Like it, you could have avoided a lot of trouble by just like really planning out this sprinkling of dirt better, <laughs> but it's not the kind of movie this is. so, <laughs> It's the kind of movie that has a random subplot where James James Hong's like ridiculously attractive wife is having an affair with the driver, so they have a kung fu <laughs> fight for some reason. Because sure. he has he has multiple employees with kung fu skills in his vineyard, <laughs> willing to kill each other.
3: I love I love his reaction too. He's just like, God
2: damn it!
1: <laughs>
3: now I have to kill this guy. <laughs>
1: Which that may be the most Unbelievable part is the super Hot woman is like all about James Hong
2: yeah it doesn't make any Sense it's like that's called Well I have to assume I
3: have to assume it's the Amulet magic
2: So that's the Assumption
3: well because at the End the other hot chick is kind of Getting amulet magicked into doing Stuff so maybe that hot chick also Was
2: Maybe I don't know I mean, I'm, uh, I'm fine with that explanation. It makes as much sense as anything. I don't think it actually said that in the movie at any point, but oh well. That's okay.
3: Well, ex- exposition boy does take the time to go. Do you feel the urge to do what he tells you to
2: do? <laughs> <laughs> That's a direct quote. You make, you make it sound <laughs> ridiculous. I don't know why you had to make it sound ridiculous this and things
0: happen it's all right it's yeah but
2: i mean Uh, like i say direct to video 1989 horror movie this is what you expected and hello did did doug just drop out or did i drop
0: out
1: i think doug just dropped out god damn it doug (laughs) did they literally just shut off his internet so they could turn it on at the new place it's pretty funny. Well, I will say the interesting thing is they bring in every stereotype of person to be in this movie. You Got the like the nerdy like reporter Asian guy. You got the uh, oh look, Doug's back. Hello. Well, he, yeah, there you are. You're back
2: now. We we lost you for a That's bit there, Doug. Yeah, it was super weird because I could still hear you guys talking and just going on and on about how much of a jerk I am for cutting out, but I have no idea.
1: <laughs> I don't think I did. This is. Uh, I just well, you literally stopped in mid sentence and me and Noah could hear each other. So, uh, right. I was point about all the people they, they brought over to be in this quote unquote movie with like the reporter yeah. Asian guy. And then got the, the ripped guy that only wears like half shirts for obvious reasons. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the rich asshole guy too, and then a bunch of women with no real personality, other than they're going to get naked yeah. at some point. Yeah, it
2: was, it was a, Wait, a fine that's not collection a personality? Of slasher caricatures.
1: <laughs> it was, it,
2: you know, these people could have could have been at a camp getting slashed. They could have been on Elm Street. They could have been anywhere. Just that group of like random people that are always hanging out together in horror movies in this period, and it's fine. Like. <laughs> No no real good explanation. No like explanation needed as to why these people all just were like, "Oh yeah, we, we might get to be in a movie, so we'll all go to this island together to audition at the same time, or something like." It's, you know Sure. Why not? That's not the kind of movie this is. We don't need to be worrying about that.
1: I guess I shouldn't be so general in my description. They did have a blonde girl, a brunette girl an African-American girl see a
2: girl with
3: Vague, the biggest... vaguely Asian girl
1: yeah
2: that's called diversity that's what that is
1: <laughs> good job James Hong
2: see you guys were worried this movie was going to be offensive but it's not <laughs> diverse as fuck
3: <laughs> <laughs> diversity um, motherfucker
0: Yeah,
1: so yeah, subplot about an amulet that helps him keep his power, but apparently he stole it from his mother and locked locked her in a bedroom.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Somebody explain that subplot to me, please.
1: Well, his mom had an amulet that could make her live for a long time, and he stole it and locked her in a bedroom.
3: But she's actually some kind of goddess and uh, things. Like, he's got the amulet, but apparently the amulet doesn't work quite right because he's got to keep shaving little bits off the amulet to add to his vampire
2: forever tea yeah like it I'm going to go ahead and argue that it doesn't make a lot of sense that he has to like make the wine out of the blood and drink the tea and have an amulet and whatever else they needed for any given particular scene just like it's a bit weird but again I don't know what you're talking about again walking uh, through Jumbo video with my free popcorn grabbing this off the shelf I'd have been perfectly happy to watch it so I'm not going to complain too much about it now
1: but yeah then there's something about something is working out properly so he can just do some ritual with the blonde girl that showed up then he'll never need the amulet again
3: yeah something about he's got to marry her because she's the perfect woman and then sacrifice her once he's married her and then he yeah, won't makes sense. need the
2: amulet because reasons yeah anyway so it was only convenient for a couple of scenes so it didn't play a large part in the movie yeah Uh. uh
1: so one girl uh puked up spiders which I was not a fan of
2: yeah but it's pretty dope yeah, I liked I it it didn't again I don't think it made any sense but it was fun to watch so Whatever. It worked in the moment. Yeah, he he definitely had the most
3: uh, precise voodoo doll paper things of all time. Because <laughs> they seem to really, really, really match up. So he puts a spider on it. She gets spiders, stabs a dude in the neck with a pen. He doesn't just bleed from his neck. A pen comes out of his neck. <laughs> yeah
2: whatever weird visual they
1: wanted in the moment happened. Yeah. And then we just kind of forgot about those and moved on to other stuff. Yep. seems like he could have just kept using the paper voodoo dolls the entire time.
2: Nah, we needed to have the zombies wake up in the vineyard.
3: Still not sure. sure why he didn't stab that one guy.
2: Yeah. Which guy didn't he stab?
3: The, the reporter guy, he's going to like sword stab him in the library and then he has a flashback about his mommy and he's like, nah, I guess I won't murder this guy
2: yet. Mom would guess have wanted me to wait and murder him later.
1: <laughs> guess what? That guy becomes his downfall. Big surprise.
3: <laughs> really should have thought
2: that one through and stabbed that guy. Stab now, ask questions later. That's my
1: motto. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about this movie.
2: it's Again, it's these these types of mediocre films that are the hardest ones to discuss because I'm not angry about anything, but I didn't love anything. Some of the visuals are all right, but in today's world, it's more I would just say look those up on YouTube than necessarily watch the movie.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, anything else before we move on to the jitters?
3: Bonus points, James Hong. James Hong,
1: motherfuckers. You
3: love James Hong. I do. Slow pan, son.
1: You get to see him with a full head of hair in this movie and then realize in the next movie that he was wearing a wig in pretty much everything I've ever seen (laughs) him in. That's
2: funny. That's that's accurate.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, Noah, why don't you tell us about the jitters?
3: Uh, so, The Jitters is about uh, vampires, but not like normal vampires, like the weird kung fu movie vampires that hop around. And uh, Don't
2: say that like it's a thing that everybody just knows. Well, it is. I mean, it is a thing. Mm. So, I knew it. Yeah.
1: All right.
3: <sighs> uh, yeah. A guy, a guy is running a grocery store with his...
0: Niece or daughter or something? Niece. We'll
2: niece. say niece. Niece, I think.
3: Uh, and he <laughs> yeah. is murdered by a gang of street toughs who are just the least imposing street right. toughs ever. Oh, yeah, I was
2: gonna say toughs is a really t- strong word used to describe yeah.
1: those street guys. street yeah.
2: douches. Yeah,
1: it's these a, douche this in
2: a Batman T-shirt.
1: This gang was the worst. <laughs> It's like it's like you need like a trauma level like street gang, and that's not what we got. No,
3: <laughs> I agree. They
1: really are the worst. People just showed up in in whatever clothes they were wearing that day, whereas they needed like the '80s, like Mad Max type, like punk, like get up mm-hmm. to make them even remotely imposing, or maybe
2: get some guys that are in decent shape. I don't know
1: that too. <laughs> And yeah, the guy wearing a Batman shirt doing crime, I don't think he actually reads Batman comics. I don't think he knows how Batman works. <laughs> uh,
3: James Hong is the local uh, shaman priest guy. <laughs> yep, yeah. Who is uh, doing his best to keep the local Asian population from coming back as vampires. Because... Uh, it's just kind of a thing in this movie they're like nope it's just a thing mm-hmm. and then you're like is it just the Asian people because that seems racist
2: <laughs> well they right? have to do those those dudes have to do magic on them to make them come back don't they no no yeah. they just come back if they
3: are not a good enough or a, bad enough
2: person oh okay I thought they had to oh. do the magic thingy on them and then that those people were just only doing the magic thingy on the Asian people
3: no, no, no! The magic thing is to stop them from coming back as a vampire. And then if that doesn't work, you have to glue a prayer to their forehead.
2: It's just like a sticky note.
3: Yes. Yeah. Basically, yeah. you have to you have to smack a, a mystical Post-it on a
1: motherfucker's yep. face. Right. Mystical Mystical Post-it is a good band name. That is a pretty good band name.
3: Uh, yeah. And then the movie just kind of goes. It's pretty much just that. It's it's vampires hopping around and. Uh, goofy comedy stuff. I mean, it's your typical like D grade shitty comedy horror movie. It's just with hoppy vampires. Uh, Which means, uh, guess what, guys? I really you like cool. this movie. Well, we, we don't. We already know. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you guys feel about this movie? Because I'm guessing uh, you don't like it.
1: I was not a fan.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: How did you predict that, Noah? <sighs>
3: I gazed into the future using my Shaolin
2: priest magic. <laughs> period question mark period.
1: <laughs> I was mainly just bored throughout the whole thing.
2: That's my problem with it. I'm like that's the cardinal sin of any movie is if you're bored during it and
3: this film could not hold my attention. Oh, see, I thought I thought it was funny in a really juvenile kind of way. <laughs>
1: Didn't even get that from it.
2: No, like the Hoppy Vampires did nothing for me. I did not find that funny. Um, Though I suppose
3: then, you're not a kung fu so, movie person, so
2: it's not. Exactly I'm not. Funny. That's true. And there was that was the other issue is there was some kung fu fights in this, and they were like not good. And they're I I don't even really like good kung fu fights that much, but I don't want to watch bad ones. So like I don't know. Yeah, I also didn't like that the hoppy vampires could hop around during the day. I thought that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're
3: different. They're different vampires.
0: Yeah.
2: The exposition scene where they're like, they're like vampires, but like, you know, the Asian version. It's like, it was such a weird moment where they're just like, yeah, no. They're like vampires. We'll give you that much, but we're gonna make up our own rules as we go through the movie. So we are like, listen, you just need to roll. With yeah, it. I did not roll
1: with it. See, I've seen like Seven Golden Vampires and stuff, and enjoyed that one with the Hoppy the Hoppy Vampires. But, okay, I've uh, never seen that one. <laughs> yeah, that was Shaw Brothers and Hammer working together. Fantastic.
2: Oh, you know,
3: I love uh, me some Shaw Brothers.
1: So. I enjoyed that one. It's just this one. I don't know. Maybe it's just that it was kind of all over the place.
2: Well, I think too, because it's a comedy film, if comedy doesn't grab you, it's like, well now what? Cause it's the same style of comedy throughout the, the movie. So if you're not laughing in the first 10 minutes, nothing's going to change for you. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: Generally speaking, I think like low budget comedy doesn't work. Usually, I think it's you need you need like where low budget horror often works because you can get away with you know the low budget actors and the and whatever else as long as you get good effects and you have a fairly reasonable story but with comedy you need people who can do that delivery and they just didn't have it here so yeah I suppose so yeah
3: see I think it kind of I think it works better than like foreign <laughs> comedies, but that's because foreign comedy doesn't, doesn't seem to work at all. Like jokes just don't translate.
2: Yeah, quite often, and I think it's the same issue. I think the problem is when the delivery is in a different language, it doesn't your doesn't go into your brain as a joke the way you need it to. That's the, you know what I mean. It, it, like you're you're not it's very difficult to translate that or if you have to read the joke or if it's through a dub or whatever, very rarely does comedy work when it's international because of that. Right. So I don't know what, what tell us more about what you liked, Noah, because I just got to say something. Well, here's, here's the
3: problem. It's hard to get real specific on it. Cause like I said, I liked it in a snickery, uh, how fucking, asshole and dumb these jokes are kind of way okay because it, it's not like there's a particular character that's very funny although once again this is one of those movies where J- James Hong for the fact that he takes weird roles is an actor and no one else in this movie is an actor
2: <laughs> <laughs> no the like the main guy the girlfriends they're the boyfriend of the niece he was just Frustratingly bad at acting. <laughs> I'm just like the whole time thinking, like I would stop giving this guy lines. His character's not even that necessary. Just, just write him out. And, and you know, combine that with a street gang that is not a street gang. It's like, yeah, pretty frustrating.
3: And for the fact it was comedy, I actually thought the uh, the vampires looked good. And in, in- a certain kind of way in which they looked the way they're kind of supposed to look.
2: I, I actually didn't, I didn't like the hopping around element of it, but the, the look of them I thought worked.
3: Yeah, but I that's thought you could kind of, the hopping is intrinsic. That is part of the mythos of those vampires is that they hop.
2: Right, well, I will avoid seeing other movies about these vampires, but, <laughs> um, like I've, I, 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 would be fascinated to see someone try to make a serious horror film with these types of vampires in it <laughs> just because I think that'd be fun to watch how they tried but and I guarantee like, you it would how are we going
3: to get them to the failure and not look fucking stupid there yeah. has to be
2: some combination I, I, I highly doubt it <laughs> so I imagine if you liked hopping vampires, it was funny to watch them hop because they kind of hopped away in the same way every time. So if you're enjoying that, I imagine it was enjoyable every time. But if you're bored of it, then it's boring every
1: time. Yeah, Seven Golden Vampires, it seems to do a good job of not making it silly, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. I don't know. Does
2: anybody else have anything else to say? No. I feel bad because it's like we're barely talking about the movies that we're here to talk about. (laughs) Um, But I just I don't know like like this movie was trying to be funny and it wasn't. And I don't like poor line delivery. What do you want to go through all all the lines of dialogue in the movie that were delivered poorly? Because we just have to read the (laughs) script. Like it's and that's it's so essential in a comedy film to have good line delivery and they don't have it. So the gang
3: is. What about
1: when the uh when the hopping vampire turned into like the weird lizard looking uh, creature
3: oh yeah yeah randomly because <laughs> just... what was it they like they did something to it and they were like yeah we killed it and it's like oh no it made it stronger
1: <laughs> yeah his chest starts <laughs> like like uh sparks come out and then it just skin sort of falls off and it's like oh snake creature underneath it's like what the fuck
2: yeah I don't think it looked too, too terrible. Again, I just didn't understand. No, I
1: thought that actually... Yeah, I thought it actually looked pretty good, but then, yeah, I had no clue what yeah, was happening. That's,
2: yeah, and I, I imagine it looked better. I had to watch this on YouTube. I couldn't find it anywhere else, so I'm as, sure there are better visual forms to it. Like, it probably looked better if you could watch it on a disc or something, but I don't know if that exists.
1: I don't either. Not necessarily... Not, not, not even necessary to look up because I don't recommend anybody buy it. So.
2: I don't know. We're not going to look it up. We're not looking things up. That's not our thing. Sounds, but, uh, yeah. Sounds no, I don't really hard. <laughs> I honestly, like when I tried to Google this movie, did I, did I already say this when I tried to Google this movie to reread the plot description? Cause it's been, you know, like over a week since I watched it. Uh, it doesn't have a Wikipedia page. It doesn't, this movie like doesn't exist. <laughs> I only know it's real because I actually watched it and there were two versions like, on YouTube and they were like seven minutes uh, difference in length and I'm like is there like a director's cut of this <laughs> <laughs> that was my thinking going in you found out there was not uh, I don't know I'm not going back and watching the other version to look for differences I'll tell you that
0: thanks for calling the midnight drive no one is here to take your call for info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling.
1: Well, start off. Noah, did you watch anything?
3: Uh, I did go and see Beast today, which is uh, Idris Elba and two children against a man-eating lion. Uh, You know, usually these movies, I would say something like, it's Jaws with a lion. That's not true with this movie. This is Jaws, the revenge with a
2: lion. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Jesus.
2: (laughs) The impression I got from the trailer of this movie is that it takes itself very seriously, but it's utterly ridiculous. Is that accurate?
3: I so it's kind of a little tropish in the fact that so I, I don't think this is a spoiler. The the movie starts with poachers killing a pride of lions, but one of the lions gets away. Uh, sure. That that lion then d- goes on a one lion mission to wipe out
1: humanity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm on board. Which,
3: <laughs> I, like I said, I don't think we need to pretend like that's not ridiculous. But the movie certainly doesn't treat it as being ridiculous. That's... But it's great. Like, I, I'm i going to be honest. I don't I don't have a lot of complaints about this movie. It's it's Idris Elba
2: fighting a lion. He and I mean, on, like, that's, punches that lion a couple times, doesn't he? From what I gathered in the trailer. Uh, it's a fist fight at one point.
3: There's a lot of so there's a lot of like desperate kicking the lion in the face that occurs throughout the movie, which yeah. is fine. And I I will say that like it builds up to a man versus lion boxing match. Fair enough. I mean, which which I will I will say this,
2: man does not fare well. <laughs> like, oh really? At least that's realistic. I don't think a one on one fight between a person and a lion is ever gonna go the person's way. Yeah. I mean I don't
3: wanna I don't wanna spoil the ending of the movie, but yeah. Like <laughs> he, he, he he fights he fights a lion and the lion uh the lion <laughs> hurts him significantly.
1: I can imagine. But it's Idris Elba. Surely not.
3: It is. I'll tell you what the most exciting thing about this movie was, and that was the trailers before the movie, because I don't think I've been paying attention to movies that are coming out, and there was a trailer for 3,000 Years of Longing.
1: Oh, yeah. The new uh, George Miller movie.
3: Oh, my God. And Looks I'm fun. fucking stoked for that movie. Kind of came out of nowhere, and I was like, yet.
1: I was like, is, uh, <laughs> is Idris this- Elba as is a, is a genie? Yeah, Idris Elba's a genie? Yeah, I've heard of it.
2: I just I don't think I've seen anything about it. And yeah. I don't think I realized it was close to coming out. I thought it was still in production. Yeah, it looks good. The
3: special effects look good. I'm still not I'm still not entirely certain what the story is.
1: Let's see. Seems like him sort of an Arabian Arabian Nights sort of yeah. thing where he's telling stories.
3: Yeah, that's what I think. Stuff's I think happened, it's but... gonna be a uh an anthology movie with the Tilda Swinton and him being the wraparound, but maybe I'm wrong. That's, that's certainly what it looks like.
1: Yeah, I'll d- I'm definitely going to check it out. And I, th- you guys, I think that's all
3: I fucking lost. I can't think of a well, single other not.
1: goddamn thing. You watched, you watch Bullet Train.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we skipped a week. Thank you. That, that <laughs> fucked me up. Uh yeah, Bullet Train. Is exactly what the fuck you think that movie is. Uh, it's a, like it's a dumb fucking action movie starring Brad Pitt, and the fight scenes are pretty good. And the story is ridiculous to the point that it actually like comes back around. Does that make any sense? Like <laughs> it pushes it to the point that you're like, this is fucking dumb, and then pushes it a little farther, and you're like, no, nah, I'm in. <laughs> all right this is okay you've got a what's that a random russian guy runs the yakuza for some reason fuck it all right (laughs) (laughs) come down sure just a just a fucking random train full of assassins all right it reminded me a lot of god damn it what the fuck was that name the name of that movie that came out uh several years ago thats that follows a whole bunch of assassins in like a hotel trying to kill each other
1: smoking aces
3: smoking aces yes, it is very much smoking aces on a train all right uh there's also so you guys know that the director is the original Deadpool guy, right
1: Well, he did Deadpool too
3: yeah 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 uh and that shows. <laughs> you can you can see it and the movie has some yeah. weird cameo stuff to it like there's a couple cameos that pop up and you're like hey that's a thing and then they just kind of
1: move on yeah, yeah he also did he also did uh Hobbs and Shaw the uh Fast and Furious spinoff
3: yeah I wouldn't know because I don't give a fuck
1: I didn't either uh co-director of the first John Wick all right well that's good no
3: now I would say that that kind of surprises me because while this is good, this is not John Wick good.
1: No. No, I mean he did John Wick. He did a, a action movie called Atomic Blonde with uh, Charlize Theron. I didn't really enjoy. And then he did Deadpool too.
2: It was super weird how okay. Atomic. Blonde was like the same style of movie as John Wick, made by some of the same people, and just wasn't nearly as good.
1: <laughs> right? Like I was so weird. I was so excited, and I went yeah. and saw it. And I'm like, eh, I kind of don't yeah. like this. That's like I like everyone involved.
2: I like the idea behind it, and then I'm just watching it, going, nope, it was <laughs> weird. Yeah. Topic, I guess.
3: Uh, <laughs> and then what
1: else did I watch?
3: I guess i watched She-Hulk. We'll probably talk about that at the end, since I'm guessing everyone watched it. Mm-hmm. I've watched it twice, so. Oh, wow. Ooh. Tantalizing.
2: Doug must have <laughs> really
1: liked
2: it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed to uh, say until the end, apparently, so.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, we, could, we don't have to do it at the end. I don't feel like there's anything that's hugely spoilery in it, but whatever you guys want to do.
3: Yeah, I mean, episode one's basically training montage. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I liked how they did the uh, kind of did the origin story in one episode. So, like, it's obviously the whole show is going to be somewhat of an origin story, but it allows us to move on past like the how did she become a Hulk? How did she, yeah. you know, learn to control it a little bit more than Bruce ever has? You know what I mean? Why is her personality different? Like, just establish the character. I think they did a really good job of that.
3: Yeah, I was. I was the, a little uh, dis. I was a little disappointed that they didn't go with the uh, the blood
1: transfusion. Yeah.
3: And I get. I get why they did it. They did it to save time. But yeah. I don't know
1: that. Well, somebody also pointed out that this version of Bruce Banner would not knowingly infect somebody else when he knows that the blood can do such thing. Which they played
2: that he just didn't know.
1: Yeah. Well, they did it in the first Hulk movie. So okay, right. Well,
2: yeah. I, I was fine with the origin story. It does seem a bit... It was It was a little bit of like, so what, nobody else has been around Bleeding Hulk with all the shit that's going on. Like, this hasn't happened before. But it's a comic book movie. You gotta run with it a little bit.
3: Well, I mean, in comic book yeah. canon, and I think he mentions it, that not everyone has the ability to
2: actually process Gamma. Right, right. Uh, there is something about that. They kind of glossed over that, where it is sort of like, I'm glad they didn't spend a whole bunch of time on exposition. But also, it's like, wait a minute. (laughs) You're just telling me that you guys were already magic before you got turned into the Hulk? Like, we're not going to discuss that any further? Okay. (laughs) Well, it's one of these things.
3: It's super rare, and it should never happen. And yet, there are 57 Gamma
2: characters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah In the Marvel universe. So it's like. Well, and this is becoming like the trend in Marvel right now is that it's like, yeah, that origin story we told was totally true. However, you were also already kind of a mutant before that. (laughs) It's like, all right. That's fine.
1: Yeah, it seems like normally with these shows, the first episode would have ended with his blood like dripping under a cut or whatever. Yeah. And then the whole rest of the show, yeah, would have been the entire first episode. But, yeah, like you said, they just sort of did the quick version, and I was totally fine with it.
2: Yeah. I liked the interaction between the two. I thought that was fun. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of the Smart Hulk character, I think they did it well enough. Like, I like his sort of attitude. Like, his kind of lighthearted attitude towards everything.
3: I like the fact that they're they're continuing to try to justify that. You know, in the show, he's like, yeah, this is where I spent five years in this lab that Tony built merging my personalities, and it's like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, and, don't worry uh, about
2: it. Yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. When that decision was made to have him be Smart Hulk in Endgame, which I, you know, wasn't a fan of, it's like, well, we're stuck with that now, but we can't just, like, retcon it or something, so... This isn't the Star Wars franchise. We don't just undo all the shit we didn't like from the last movie. (laughs)
1: Um, had a lot of conversations about Captain America being a virgin for some reason.
3: (laughs) Well, it was weird. (laughs) That reason reason was for her to set up a joke at the end.
2: Sure. Yeah. (laughs) It is establishing her character, isn't she? I'm not that familiar with the character, but she's pretty sexualized in the comics right so they're finding a way to make her that in TV So
3: sexualized is correct but that's bad phrasing in a way I would call her a sex positive character to use modern parlance because she is so she fucks a lot in the comic books but I don't feel like she's ever presented as oh, she's this slutty superheroist that just fucks all these dudes. It's more just yeah. like she's she's she Hulk and she's hot and dudes want to bang her. And she's cool with that sometimes. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're le- they're leaning into that as much as they're going to on a Disney plus show. I think we'll see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, but so far so good. I'm a big fan of uh, Tati Maslany, however you pronounce her name. We used to watch uh, *Orphan Black*, is that and she was—she was a was, um, yeah. We used to watch *Orphan Black*, and she was amazing on that. I don't know how she didn't get an Emmy for every year that show was on the air. Um, because if you've never seen *Orphan Black*, she finds out that she has like twenty clones of herself, and they all have different personalities, and she plays all of them. And she is amazing in that oh, show. Oh shit!
2: i is—I've heard so many good things about that show. I've never, never seen anything. it.
1: Yeah, the show's good. The final season kind of fell apart for me. But everything else was a big, uh, I really enjoyed. All right. All right. Well, anything else about She-Hulk?
3: Uh,
2: it's dope. Give it a try.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was a big
2: I, 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 I'm nervous about the breaking the fourth wall and that becoming too much of a thing and getting annoying. But so far, I'm fine with it. We'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah. She only did it twice so far, so hopefully they don't overdo it. Yeah.
2: And she sort of did it once, like, at the beginning and once at the end kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, you could do that for it. Like, have her be her, like, because at the beginning she's like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to want to know how I became the Hulk. So then she, like, cuts to the story and it's like, okay, I can live with that. Like, it's it's a fun way to do it as long as it doesn't become, like, constant Jim from the office looking into the camera kind of thing.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, I all think right. there will be a lot of it, but that's it, it's just part of the character. I don't, I, I don't know how they could not just do
1: it all the time, so... Not
3: without pissing off people who actually sure. like
1: She-Hulk. We'll see. Maybe they'll do it in clever ways. Yeah.
2: Like, so far, like I say, I'm not complaining.
1: So. Uh, what else did you watch, Doug?
2: Well, given our extended break, I got a bunch of stuff. Um, I watched a movie called The Dead Next Door. Has you guys ever seen that no. one? It's like, nope. It's, like, super weird, because it's... <laughs> it's like a tribute to zombie movies it's from like i forget when it is 89 and but it starts out i knew it was like zombies and i'm like whatever i'll just watch this random zombie movie that to said i should watch and it's like okay why is this so much like a romero film like it's (laughs) like you guys are coming real close to copyright infringement with the way this starts out and then the next thing i know it's like oh all the character names are names of like famous horror people and stuff. I'm like, Oh, so you're doing this on purpose. Now I get it. (laughs) It took me a minute to process though. And then all of a sudden one of the guys starts talking and Bruce Campbell's voice comes out of his mouth when it's not Bruce Campbell. And I'm like, wow, that's the biggest reference to something else I've ever seen in my life. I have no (laughs) idea why this is happening. (laughs) So, uh, it was an interesting experience. um, the whole thing is like just pretty typical zombie stuff. They're fighting zombies. The zombies are, uh, eating them. There's a weird cult that wants to keep zombies alive. So they have to deal with that. But yeah, I mean, most of it is very typical. Once you realize that there are references to, you know, Dawn of the dead and day of the dead are intentional and not just them trying to get away with ripping something off. It really changes how you look at the movie. Um, yeah if you're a big fan of zombie movies it's it's one um i wouldn't say it's a good one but i wouldn't say it's a bad one just more of a random afternoon watch um Interesting. so i don't know i like zombie movies so there you go
1: yeah it has to be like a good zombie movie for me to enjoy it which i know is stupid way of saying that but I usually don't no, see I get stuff you're out saying,
2: just because there, it's zombie movies yeah. there's a lot of bad zombie movies and i have to admit that i am a bit of a a sucker for zombie movies so i like more than i should and so like this one here like if you're if you're not prone to the zombie movies then you're probably not going to want to watch this one that's the closest thing to advice i can give The uh, next thing i watched my local art host, Cinema, put the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre up on the big screen for me. So I'm like, OK, I got you, right?
1: <laughs> just for you. Uh,
2: well, I, I imagine it was for anyone that wanted to go, but it did feel like I'm like, yeah, this this seems like you guys are just like missed me or something. Um, it, uh, Yeah, I mean, it, it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm not sure if we really need to <laughs> get into whether or not <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, but the experience was fun because there was a group of people that were clearly watching this movie for the first time sitting in front of me. They were like younger people. I don't I suspect that they were like, um, I'm not sure we have a lot of Asian immigrants of a certain age that come to this town because we have a university that is they like to attend for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that's what these people were. So they were just like, you know, let's go see this like weird movie that we've never seen before you know like 20 years old and they're all there and they're all dressed way too nice to be a screening of Texas Chainsaw Massacre in an art house cinema and it was like okay and you could tell throughout a lot of the movie that they weren't really really into it Um, and then there's that turn where all of a sudden the girl gets captured and all fucking hell breaks loose and it's just insanity and watching them squirm in their seats and laugh and be scared at the same time because of, that's what this movie does to people who are watching it for the first time it was really fun I really enjoyed it and at the end of the movie they actually started cheering and I got very excited for them it's like because <laughs> <laughs> there's that like there's so many moments in this film where you're like like where Grandpa is like sucking blood out of the girl's hand and he does that little like dance thing as he's doing it because he's so excited to get some human blood in him and you're like that is gross and hilarious at the same time. And very few movies can pull that <laughs> off. And that whole dinner scene is just madness, utter madness. And it's like, depending on the environment you're in and the mood you're in, when you watch it, it can be a comedy or it could be a horror film. <laughs> it's, so it's fun to watch people react to that for the first time. I don't think I really need to give a review of the movie itself.
1: <laughs> nah, I think we're quite good. <laughs>
2: Um. Yeah. Then I I I watched a movie called Life Force, which I'm guessing you guys have both seen, but I'd never seen it before. Space vampires. Yep. Mm -hmm. Space vampires.
1: Um, I watched it and uh, was very kind of bored by it. And people were like, "But naked lady, the whole movie." I'm like, "I know, but let's see something else." The ironic part is,
2: I suspect the part of the movie where you were bored is the part of the movie I liked. Because the first half of the movie is like people go into space, find humanoids, bring them back to Earth. Turns out they're space vampires, right? I really liked that. And the the girls moving around and they're trying to track her down and stop her from spreading the vampirism. I was like really into that movie. And then it takes this weird turn where it becomes almost a zombie movie. Because like the alien ship comes down and starts, I don't know, I don't, I, I lost track of it. I think it was infecting people or something. And it becomes this like apocalyptic like mass attack rather than them hunting down individual vampires. And I was like, what the hell happened to this vampire movie? <laughs> like, I, it's super weird. Cause it's like, they were making a whole different movie in the second half. I didn't understand it. And I didn't particularly like the change cause I was enjoying the first movie. i never, having never seen this before, but having seen species when I was in high school, I'm like, Oh, this whole idea of <laughs> naked alien walking around wasn't that original after all.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, it was super weird to watch because you are just like this turn, but there was like a lot of fun moments. The effects were pretty good. I liked the space vampires as monsters. Um, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, like I say, just weird shift into a completely different movie which wasn't even poorly done it was just what happened to the movie I was watching I don't understand why I didn't did, did I end a movie and start another one I don't think I did so why is it so different all of a sudden but I don't know no, do you have any thoughts on it it's, it's been so long since I've seen it I could yeah.
3: speak on it I know I've seen it before and I know I liked it
2: yeah I, I figured you'd like it you're less picky about things like the plot making sense and stuff, and you're more into it's like true. hey, these are spa there's a naked chick biting people and turning them into space vampires, right?
3: <laughs> I mean, I I think you're giving me too much credit. I'm more like hee 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 space vampires.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched it, and I would definitely be down to rewatch it at some point. But just from what I remember, I was kind of disappointed with
2: it. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess if, you, if you're if you not buying into the beginning part, it is a slower-moving movie. And so I can see why you would, uh, like, get bored if you weren't enjoying it. But I was, so that wasn't an issue for me.
1: It also may be one that, like, if I saw it in, in a theater with a bunch of people who were, like, really into it, they may enjoy it a lot more.
2: That could probably, yeah. Uh, like, I did watch it alone in my basement, and it's it's a problem because when you start to get bored, that's when you pull your phone out or whatever, and it's like, okay, now I'm not paying attention to the movie the way I need to for it to make sense, and therefore it's not making sense, but maybe that's because I'm not paying attention. And I don't know. It's it's All movies should really be watched in the theater, but that's not going to happen, so. Yeah. I wish. Now, speaking of movies that never went to theater... I watched uh, the reef stocked, which is the sequel to the that movie the reef that I talked about a couple of weeks ago
1: yeah it's new um
2: so it's some girls go kayaking and a shark's chasing them. It's basically the movie
1: um, complicated setup yeah
2: yeah, well it's yeah one of them's been traumatized, and uh she didn't. She no longer goes out and does these adventurous things, but now she's gonna do it again, and then a shark shows up. Uh so if it was okay. Um, not great. There was a lot of the drama felt forced. There weren't enough people eaten by sharks. Um my biggest complaint is so the movie opens. There's this group of girls that are doing like free diving and all that. And then one of them, like, has an abusive boyfriend and he murders her. And the one that finds her is the one that's all traumatized and doesn't want to go back. But they convince her to, right? The problem is when she has flashbacks, her flashbacks are to the murder. Which didn't happen to her and which she wasn't there for. And it's really, really distracting in the movie because you can't help but think, like, wait a minute. She didn't see that happen. She's making this flashback up. And it's really kind of pulls you out of the movie. Whereas, like, if the flashbacks were to her finding the body, then you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that would be traumatic," and I might be able to get on board with that. Mm-hmm. And this movie does end up with a, a girl fighting a shark with a knife at one point, which is like now a trope in direct-to-video shark movies, apparently, because mm-hmm. it happens all the time. You know, like it's, it's happening too much. I don't understand why they all have to fight a shark with a knife. <laughs> be creative. Go Jaws too, and pull up the big electrical cord and jam it into the shark's
1: mouth or something. You know? <laughs> uh, good old Jaws too. So, That's like, no, it was like releasing uh, Jaws into IMAX theaters down here.
2: Yeah, if that happens up here, I'll be going to see it for sure. But I haven't seen any previews for it actually happening in Canada. Yeah, try to go it's weird now that theaters are like mainstream theaters are doing things like we're just going to re-release this really old movie in a new format. I'm like, okay, <laughs> why not? That's the kind of thing I like. Right. So
1: yeah, totally. I'm on board. We got stuff planned out for the entire next month. That's great.
2: There's another movie that's being released, but they're, they're 3d converting it. I'm trying to think of what it is.
1: Dawn of the dead.
2: Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, that doesn't make any sense at all. But if they put down the dead in theaters, oh. I'm going to go see it. So <laughs>
1: The asshole guy that uh, owns the rights to it did it a couple years ago, and nobody yeah. cared. Now he's got to try to make his money back from to it, for spending all the money on to post-convert it, so he's trying to set up I think more you, screenings. I think you
2: can post-convert a movie for like 500 grand or something, so it can't be that hard to make your money back by putting Dawn of the Dead in theaters.
1: I don't know. The guy's just really picky know. about his movie rights.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, those are movies we're going to see not movies we have seen. So, back to my list. Um <laughs> uh, I finally got around to the movie Freaky, which is the mm-hmm. the Vince Vaughn body swapping horror comedy thing. Mm-hmm. Um you've seen it, haven't you, Brian? I have. Can you tell me about it? Yeah. I yeah. I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. <laughs> um it's just it's they blend the horror and the comedy perfectly. Sure, yeah. (laughs) But, like, the way they blend the horror and the comedy together is uh, perfect. Like, it's, the horror scenes work as horror scenes, and then the comedy scenes work as comedy scenes, and you know, that's that's the right way to do a movie like this. Um, The biggest thing is, you know, are the actors going to pull off pretending to be the other person? And yeah, I mean, they do, plain and simple, right? Like, I don't know who the girl is. I don't recognize her. And then Vince Vaughn is the guy. But when Vince Vaughn is acting like a teenage girl, he's doing a pretty good job of it. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm like he, he committed to the role. There's there's little things like when, when he runs, he runs kind of silly, like a, trying to run like a teenage girl. and It's like, okay. But he, he keeps doing it throughout the movie. It's not like a one-off joke. He's always committed to that character which is what makes it work and she's the same way where it's like it's quite good at what she does like and then there's like the just the weird moments where there's like Vince Vaughn ends up in a car with like the teenage boy <laughs> and it's like so awkward <laughs> <laughs> like flirting but it's fucking Vince Vaughn you know what I mean so yeah he's really good at it yeah yeah. like I, I really enjoy I know I've said some questionable things about Vince Vaughn when he tries to do more uh, serious roles, but as a comedy actor, he's quite good and that's what they needed him for in this. So I, I, I did just really, really thought, I thought, I thought it was basically as good as you could make a movie based on this concept. Yeah. And so I felt too, I was super happy with it. And then, when I was telling somebody that I watched it, I told them that the way they blended the horror and the comedy reminded me of uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. So I had to go rewatch that because I said it. And I'm like, oh, well, now I have to. <laughs> I'm like, so that it's been lied. too long since I watched that. I'm like, it's I, I now need to watch that. And it's still perfect, if anyone's wondering. I don't like, not sure at this point if it even makes sense to. Discuss what's good about this movie because the answer is just everything. It's just all of it. Uh, yeah, I'm frustrated that there hasn't been a sequel because there should have been one. And I don't understand. I don't understand when movies come out that are popular and good, how they don't get sequels made. <laughs> it's like, but but it you know, you should make sequels to good movies, and they always make sequels to popular movies. This one's popular and good. Uh
1: no. So uh, they know. did do it as a comic book series.
2: But I want, like, I wanted them to. I wanted the, I wanted the guy back. Whatever. I don't know the actor's name that plays Leslie Vernon, but I wanted him back in there because yeah. I loved his performance. Like the scene where he's like complaining about how you have to like do so much cardio. I'm just like, it's so good. <laughs> and of course, it's Robert England doing his thing too. Is perfect. So
1: yeah, I, wanted, I don't know how. I don't know how they remade Halloween and didn't hire Robert England to play Dr. Loomis. Oh, it would have been perfect. It's, yeah, yeah, I I don't understand.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, look, we don't need to get into that discussion about Halloween, do we?
0: All right. What's the other thing I watched?
2: Oh, yeah, I went back to theaters again. To see a movie called Fall, which I'd never heard mm-hmm. of until about an hour before it started. And then I saw oh. it and went, yeah, that seems like something I'd go to.
1: Still haven't watched Nope, though.
2: No, no. I was checking oh, Showtimes for Nope, and I saw this movie Fall that I'd never heard of. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to that. <laughs> That's actually what happened. Um, so Fall is about... Two girls, of course, one's traumatized. Basically, there's these people that do free climbing and the one girl's husband falls and dies. So she's no longer going to do free climbing. And then her friend is like, we have to get you back in the game. So they go and they climb this 2000 foot TV tower. And then the ladder breaks and they're stuck up there. And that's the whole movie. So they're just stuck up there for the whole movie on this little platform. And It is an extremely all, well-made hey, film.
3: Let's do something dumb.
2: Oh crap! Consequences to our actions. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. That's. I mean. That's. Yeah. I mean. Do they deserve to be stuck up there? Yeah. Of course they do. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're up there. It's the thing about the movie is it's really well-made, where it really like the sense of dread. And the way that they do, like, the shots, somebody told me, like, that they had vertigo and that it kind of really kicked in as they're watching this movie because they're, like, looking down. Um, So extremely good from that perspective. There was some of the, like, drama in the film was, like, predictable and a bit annoying because of how predictable it was. And uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the ending. There's a point in the movie where I'm literally like, because I've seen enough Hollywood movies so that I get to the end of this movie and I'm like, right now is when the movie should end. But I bet you there's about 10 minutes left and I bet you I know what's going to happen in that 10 minutes and I'm not going to be happy about it because it should end right now. And I was completely correct. It's just so really like without getting into details because it's I'm, I'm recommending it hugely to people, especially if you're scared of heights. If you're scared of heights, I would go see this movie because you'll be scared shitless. But uh, the ending is just frustratingly Hollywood, for lack of a better term. And there's there had already been like a, a twist that occurred that I thought was actually pretty well done, despite being potentially cheesy. And uh, it, I don't know. like It didn't need the ending that it got, and the movie would have been better without it. But what are you gonna do hollywood's gonna hollywood so
1: um yeah yeah i've seen so, the trailer for it looked somewhat interesting but uh, just haven't, haven't admittedly i'm
2: a sucker for like uh, i'm I'm a sucker for a small group of people confined location we're stuck there for the whole movie whether it's you know what i mean like yeah. like open water for example where it's just a couple of people out in the middle of the ocean by themselves I'm a sucker for that you know any of these types of movies where people are stuck in a room or whatever so uh, I, I maybe maybe I liked this more than other people would because it's kind of in my niche of, what, of movies that I like but it was it
1: was pretty cool and I don't like, I may check it out at some point. I wonder if it's playing in the IMAX around here somewhere. It seems like a movie you should watch in IMAX if you get the chance.
2: I actually would agree with that. I didn't. I saw it like a regular theater.
1: But it's... Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. They're playing Dragon Ball Super. Like an IMAX. You're not going to go see that? No. Oh. Okay. They're they playing bodies, 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 though. I did kind of want to go see that.
2: That one looks like it could be interesting. That's one of the ones I was thinking about seeing when I ended up going seeing the one I'd never heard of. It was Nope or Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And then while I was looking up showtimes, so I'm like, ooh, movie I've never heard of. Put that at the top of the list. You didn't, you didn't want to go watch uh, Idris Elba wrestle a lion? I was considering that one too, but it was kind of... Like I would have gone to see Nope before that.
1: Holy shit, they're playing E.T. at my theater? Nice. I don't
2: know this. I hope it's the updated I version. Uh,
1: I think even Spielberg has disavowed that version <laughs> even though he's the one who did it.
2: Yeah, He's openly said he regrets it. I don't know though who controls which version goes to theaters. No. I guess he's Spielberg. He probably controls whatever the hell he wants to control.
1: <laughs> uh, Greece is also playing. Interesting.
2: It's so weird well, then, now when you go to the movies and it's like, why are half the movies not the big movies that are
0: out.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've also noticed that they've been keeping around like, cause there's like two theaters two like normal theaters, not including the art house one in my town. And there'd be like one or two of the like blockbuster movies. That'll just stay at one of them, but it's different. It's like, they're both trying to find that little niche market of people who are going to go see Dr. Strange for a third time or whatever, or top gun,
1: whatever, you know, like so somebody hasn't seen it surely they'll come to the theater yeah. I
2: get nervous I whenever that. I go to the movie theater because there's always going there's like five people in the theater and i like shit they're going to end up taking away movie theaters but then I have to remember that I go see movies like Fall and that's probably why <laughs> like oh right it's 10 it's 10 o'clock at night and i'm watching a movie that even i had never heard of so it does it does feel like
3: the theater is either empty or 100 percent filled and there's no in between it
2: does feel that way and uh, it makes me nervous because it makes me feel like some of these smaller movies are no longer going to get played because i had that when i went and saw men and i had that when i went and saw the new cronenberg film where i'm like it's just just nobody here like this can't be profitable (laughs) But I want them to keep playing those types of movies. well,
3: it's it's profitable because those three people that were in the theater spent approximately
2: six thousand dollars on concessions. Well, not me. I don't buy things right. at the movie theater. it's too expensive.
1: That's how the theater makes their money. If you want them to stay open yeah,
2: I guess I always
1: wish start a- buying
2: stuff at the movie theaters. I buy, I
3: buy my $7 drink and <laughs> no, I feel it like the popcorn now nah, I just it's fucking I can't do it the idea of paying $10 for something that literally costs a penny is just insane
1: well, that's why you buy the uh, refillable bucket and you only pay $5.
3: Yeah, $5 for something that costs a penny. It's,
1: it is tough but You sometimes. want to watch all your movies at home then? No,
3: I'm just going to be hungry while I'm in the theater drinking my weirdly big drink.
1: Uh, Especially right. now that they got that. Are
2: so they, got, they got that piece tea in the machine now. Ugh, makes me so bad. So bad. My biggest problem is you get the big drink and then you have to like go to the washroom a bunch of times in the middle of your movie.
1: Oh, Some of us don't have a baby bladder. Well,
2: they, but those drinks are giant, man. You get like a small; it's like bigger than a large at like a fast food place. I don't understand why they want you to drink so much.
1: What's Endgame? Didn't and get I, up once. What's the Batman? Didn't get up once.
3: I have to assume they're smaller in Canada as well than they are here, because America is kind of known for being obscenely big. Oh, I think our great. movie. You guys I are. I think our movie theater
2: lights might be the same. Yeah, I think if you go to most places, then the, the coffee will be or the cups will be smaller, but movie theaters might be the exception. I don't know. I could be wrong too. Yeah, because technically, I don't know what the ones in your country are like. It's been forever since I went to a movie in the states.
1: Probably better off. Probably get shots.
2: I'm going to a movie now. School. There's been shootings
3: in movies.
1: <laughs> it's
3: been a while. That makes me so sad, and it's so act.
1: Watch anything else, Doug?
2: Um, not really. The only other thing I did, I rewatched uh, *WandaVision* and just the first season, because you know that's it. Um, that's all there is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This probably isn't the common opinion, but I actually think it's probably the best thing Marvel's done on television so far. I really, I really, really, really enjoyed my rewatch. Um, you know even knowing where it was going, I still really got into the format and everything. They walked that line of like humor and seriousness, like perfectly. I thought, and I think like she Hulk has a similar tone to it, which is probably why I liked that. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, just today, a friend of mine was complaining because he's like, yeah, I don't watch all the Marvel stuff on TV series. Cause I don't, I don't want to, I don't feel like I should have to watch all this shit. And then he complained immediately afterwards about how he went and saw Dr. Strange and didn't, didn't understand know. anything yeah. about Wanda's backstory. And I'm like, well, if you would have watched WandaVision. You would have known. Yeah. Make a lot more sense. He's like, it's bullshit but, though. And I'm like, they've been doing this for like 15 years. Like, what do you need yeah,
2: what do you think like it's i guess they do call it the mcu so anything that's not cinematic i can understand people complaining but i I just i don't understand the idea that you want to watch all some of these movies but not all of them. i find it very strange i mean
3: i I, I get it if there's a specific superhero that you're not into you know what i mean like kind of Maybe you get to Doctor Strange and you're like, I don't
2: like magic. And you're like, all right. Yeah, I guess. But you think you would at least know if you care enough to need to know the backstory, you would know to like go read the
1: backstory or something. You know what I mean? At least like Google, do I need to watch something before I see Doctor Strange too? I I mean, mean, you
3: you really don't even have to watch it. Just if you don't want to watch it, go on fucking Wikipedia and read a plot
1: synopsis. Yeah, sure. I'm
2: sure there's a YouTube guy that'll explain to you what happened. There's always a YouTube guy. <laughs> anyways, yeah, I don't. Like I say, I really liked it. All the performances are good that I've completely rewatched. I'm glad I did. Nice. But that's it. Finally done talking about stuff I watched. <laughs> <laughs> we took too long off. Um, what about you, Brian?
1: Uh, well, I watched a lot of stuff, so I don't know if you know this, Doug, but the town I live in, Peoria, Illinois, is the hometown to Richard Pryor. It's where he grew up. I did not And, and so for the first time ever, and I don't know how this has not happened before, they decided to have a Richard Pryor film festival at the uh, museum, which has like a giant IMAX-like screen, but it's not it's not from that company so they can't call it an IMAX screen but they have a huge movie yeah. screen down there that they use and so they're like let's have a Richard Pryor film festival I'm just like why why is it taking this goddamn long for them to do something like that this should be like a yearly event
2: well
3: they had to think. let time pass no they didn't I mean <laughs> no they didn't Richard Pryor did set himself on fire while high on crack
1: Yes. And they showed a movie about it. I'm just right. saying they could have been doing this a lot more. I once got yelled at by Tony Todd because when we met him the first time, he asked where we we're from, we said purely and he's like, Oh, Richard Pryor. And I'm like, yeah. And so at the time he's like, so do you guys got like a memorial or anything for him? And we're like, no, our town's really stupid. They don't like to celebrate the famous people that came from there. And then Tony Todd got really mad. He's like, "Without Richard Pryor, none of us would be here." And I'm like, "I know. I agree with you. Please don't yell at me."
3: Yeah, I wish that story ended with Tony (laughs) Todd like punching Wes in the face or something. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfuckers ain't got a Richard Pryor statue.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I have two responses to that story. One, Tony Todd was drunk. That's just probably probably the truth. And then number two is, like, what does that mean none of us would be here without him? He didn't have a huge influence on the horror community. Like, I, uh-huh. I, 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 nothing against Richard Pryor, but I don't think, like... I don't think Candyman got made because somebody was watching one of his stand-up sets <laughs> and was like, oh... I think he may have been
3: referring to African-American people in cinema. In mainstream cinema, I should
1: say. I don't know, I just... I, I opted not to question him, because I feared for my life at that point. Well, look,
2: he's a large, scary man. We all know this. Large, scary. I mean, plus, it's, it's, it's Tony Todd, whatever
3: the fuck Tony Todd wants. Yeah. Give, give it to him, Sure, because he's Tony Todd.
1: Well, word must have gotten back to somebody, because we do now have a, a statue of Richard Pryor down top.
2: How can you never tell us the story about Tony Todd coming to your uh, (laughs) town hall meeting and pitching it to town
1: leaders?
2: (laughs) If you check
3: that statue to see if there's a little dedication plaque on it that says (laughs) "paid for by the friends of Tony Todd" or
1: something,
3: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) donated, (laughs) donated lovingly by Candyman.
1: uh, So they're apparently in. In a part of Peoria that uh, is not uh, very safe to go into, there is a community theater. I think he may have been part of it. And so they were running this film festival to raise funds for this theater, theater group of some sort. Um, So, and I was excited because I had only seen two of the five movies they were showing. So I was super pumped to go. Um, and they spread it out two Saturdays. So they had three movies one weekend and then two movies the next weekend. So it was weird. It wasn't so much a film festival as just we're showing three Richard Pryor movies tonight and two next weekend. And I was like, sure thing.
2: Kind of a festival.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so we went first uh, Brewster's Millions, uh, which is one of my favorites of his. Um, I've never seen it. Oh really? You should watch it. It's really yeah. funny. It, so I'm sure it is. Like he it's not... yeah, he finds out he is an old white uncle that he knew nothing about, and apparently this guy's like a That's multi-millionaire. Yeah, this guy's like a multi-millionaire, and so he sets up, sets up just because he's an angry old man. This process for him to inherit his money, and so for thirty days. He has to spend $30 million, but there's like all these like, uh, rules in place. So he can't just like run out and donate it to a charity and be done with it. Um, so he has to spend $30 million in 30 days, uh, not really own anything. And if he hires somebody to do something, they have to have some inherent value for what he hires them for. So like he can't just hire someone to be like cook him like one meal or something and pay him thirty million dollars. He has to like at least be somewhat reasonable about it. And if he does, if he does it, then he gets three hundred million dollars. Whereas if he doesn't chi- achieve it, oh, go ahead. Are you That would actually be hard. <laughs> like it's. Oh yeah, that's the whole thing. Oh yeah,
3: so some yeah. of the stipulations make it brutal too because it's like if yeah. it increases your wealth, it doesn't count.
1: So he, the only thing he can own when he shows back up at the bank in 30 days is the shirt that he's wearing at that exact moment. And he's not allowed to tell anybody. And then if he doesn't complete it, then the $30 million goes to the shareholders of the bank or some, some you know... Some uh, crusty old white guy group that, uh, of course, is looking longingly at the giant piles of money that they can earn. And so he sets out to, yeah, spend this $30 million. And his best friend is played by John Candy. And he can't tell him why. He's just needlessly spending all this money. And so, like, John Candy's like, really upset the whole time. And, of course, the woman from the uh, accounting department who's put in charge of keeping... <laughs> track of all of his receipts and stuff. Uh, he, of course, falls in love with her.
2: Oh, that's weird. Wouldn't have yeah. seen that coming.
1: And, of course, her fiancé works for the bank and may or may not be oh. nefarious trying to find ways to disrupt this from happening so the bank gets all the money. It's a lot of fun.
3: Some of the ways he comes up with to just jump oh, off a bunch brilliant. of money is pretty great. Yeah. the stamp i think the stamp's the best move in the whole thing yeah
1: yeah uh amanda had never seen it either so she was super excited about it she ended up loving it um yeah all this stuff keeps happening like i said john candy keeps like doing shit where like he invests a bunch of money he's like i just made you 10 million dollars and richard Pryor's just like god damn it stop stop making me money <laughs> So yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, it's a high recommend for me. If you've never seen Brewster's millions it's definitely worth watching. It weirdly has like a major league storyline to it too. Cause he's like the pitcher of a minor league baseball team and he gets fired like right oh, really? before all this happens. And after he, uh, after he gets all this money, he like, he rents the team. Like you can find out he rents a lot of stuff because he can't own anything. So he rents the team and then sets up an exhibition game with the Yankees. So a lot of this movie is him getting ready for this exhibition, exhibition game to show that he's still a good pitcher because he used to play for the Cubs and then got sent back down to the minor leagues. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of, the movie is a lot of fun. So I recommend, uh, (sighs) The other one I saw was Silver Streak, uh, which is the very first movie he teamed up with Gene Wilder in. Um, So Gene Wilder plays a guy that works in publishing, and he's going to his sister's wedding. He lives in L.A. His sister's wedding is in Chicago. So he's taking a train called The Silver Streak uh, the entire way there. And throughout a set of circumstances people on the train think that he murdered somebody in his, in his, uh, car. And then, uh, he ends up getting thrown off the train, like literally thrown off the train, like three times in this movie and finds a way to get back on the train. When it stops somewhere. <laughs> um, and during one of these points, he ends up running into Richard Pryor and then he helps him try to like solve this murder. Cause he's worried because the woman that he sort of had a fling with on the train. And of course is now in love with, uh, maybe in trouble. So whoever actually killed the person, maybe after her. So he wants to get back on the train, just try to number one, clear his name and then save her. So they go through all this rigmarole and it's pretty funny. <laughs> there is one scene that is very much not appropriate for 2022, Richard Pryor and Gene Hackman are trying to avoid the police. And they pay a shoe shine guy for some brown shoe shine and he goes in blackface. Oh, God. And I was very uncomfortable the whole time. Uh, but you know, it's like 1976. What are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, I mean. No. They didn't know uh, racism was
2: bad yet back then. <laughs>
1: uh yeah but it's it was really funny and i don't even think it's one of their more over the top funny movies so i need to go re-watch uh Stir crazy i don't watch that one in a long time uh, but yeah we really enjoyed it uh the thing about i've read about it afterwards is that apparently Cary grant saw it and then asked him asked gene wilder like did you guys base this on north by northwest and gene hackman's like well of course we did and then Cary Grant is just like, you know, for regular people like you and me to get mixed up in these situations, Gene Hackman or, or Gene Wilder in his head. Apparently was just like, Cary Grant, you're not like a normal person. You're <laughs> way too attractive. You're way too attractive and you're rich. So I don't know what you're talking about. It is funny
2: when celebrities think they're normal human beings.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that one's really good. If you haven't seen their team up movies are always good. I need to rewatch a couple of them. I haven't seen, haven't seen them in a while. Uh, and then the last movie for that night that we saw was Harlem Nights, which is an Eddie Murphy movie. He wrote and directed it, and then Richard Pryor's in it. And Eddie Murphy's in it too. But, um, so it's a 30s gangster movie, which I had no idea. Uh, so Richard Pryor runs like a nightclub uh, in Harlem. And apparently they're doing so well that, of course, the crotchety old white guy who works for the mob, who runs a bunch of other nightclubs, doesn't like it. So they start kind of going back and forth. And then, uh, you know, gangster shit happens. Uh, it's actually really good. which so I was not, uh, not expecting, not that I expected it to be bad, but just sort of like, it's like, oh, Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor doing a gangster movie. Okay, sure. But it actually works really well. Um, Richard Pryor's like really toned down in this movie. (laughs) I read about it afterwards. And some think it might be because he had just gotten his MS diagnosis right before they filmed this movie. So they think it might have been sort of just dealing with that and kind of not his usual flamboyant self. But I actually think it was good. It really fit the character a lot better than being like over-the-top Richard Pryor? Yeah, the movie's really good. Recommend it. Uh, Then the next weekend, they showed Jojo Dancer, Your Life is Calling, which I had never seen. I don't think i ever heard of that It's basically an autobiographical movie. So a lot of the shit that Richard Pryor went through in his life, like they do in this movie, but he says like, well, not everything that happened in this movie actually happened to me. And even some of the stuff that did happen to me happened differently. So, I mean, it's not super autobiographical, but he just took a lot of stuff from his life and put it in this movie. And so it starts with him as a young kid growing up and Richard Pryor actually wrote and directed it too, since it was based on his life. And uh, they actually came back to Peoria to shoot some of it, which I vaguely remember seeing stuff about on the news because I think I was like five or six when they were filming it, um, and there was nothing. I'm assuming it was a lot, a lot of the flashback stuff. And I looked, and I'm like, oh, they're filming in a neighborhood. I don't know this neighborhood, so I couldn't point anything out. But um, so it starts starts out with him at home, and he wants to work in show business, and his dad, of course, is like, but well, I got you a job shoveling pig guts." That's a good job. Why'd you give that job up? And, you know, tells him to, to kicks him out of the house, tells him not to come back. So then he goes off and tries to make a name for himself as a stand-up comic. So then, you know, we just see him at different points of his life. Um and this is all told through a wraparound because the movie opens with him uh setting himself on fire while smoking crack. So he's laying in the hospital and you see sort of this his like spirit come up out of his body and then starts reflecting on on his life. So that's what a lot of the, how they sort of, um, uh, get away with just doing all these flashbacks and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. As I say about a movie that about a guy who set himself on fire while smoking crack. Yeah. Well, it can still be fun. (laughs) You just get to see him at a lot of different points in his life and trying to do stand up and all this stuff. And yeah, it was a Columbia release, which I was surprised because yeah, it's not one of his more well-known movies, even though it's probably one of his most personal movies. Um, So yeah, it's good. If you're a fan of Richard Pryor, it's interesting to watch. Just see what he kind of went through before he became uh, famous. Uh, then the last thing they showed was Richard Pryor live on the Sunset Strip. So it was like one of his it was his big uh, comedy special that was put out in theaters. We ended up not going to see that one because I'd already seen it. Um, but uh, if nobody's ever seen it, just check it out. It's one of his best ones. It's his first big show he did after getting out of the hospital. Uh, and then after that, watched two different documentaries. First one is Pennywise, the story of it, which is a two hour sort of, uh, reminiscing about making the it miniseries. Okay. I was going to ask which version of it it was about.
2: So.
1: Yeah. That was the, the original one. And, uh, if you are a fan of that movie growing up, like I was, it's a lot of fun. Cause I get a lot of the cast to come back and talk about it. So you get to see a lot of the kids that are growing up now. um, some of the adults that are still alive. Weirdly, Annette Tool is like the only big name that I can think of that didn't show up for it. I have no idea why. Uh, even Tim Curry took time to chat about it. Okay. So, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Like I said, it's two hours. They uh, sort of talk about to the uh, scriptwriter about how he was able to chop the book down into, they originally wanted to do eight hours. ABC chopped it down to four hours. So they had to cut a shit ton out of that book.
2: Yeah. I remember that hearing that before, that it was supposed to be so much longer. And it's like, it's still so fun to watch to this day that I wish it was eight hours.
1: Right. Yeah. We just would have had more Pennywise messing with people. Um, but it's good. You know, they take a moment. They talk about how sad it was that Jonathan Brandis killed himself and how sad it was that John Ritter and Harry Anderson passed away yeah otherwise it's just uh chat about making the movie and how weirdly big it was and nobody really expected it to be as big as it was and they talk about how like yeah most made for tv movies like premiere and then disappear forever but for some reason this one like keeps getting repeat like shown on like sci-fi channel and stuff and you know all these years later still talking about it and for some reason like this was the movie that kind of caught everybody I, mean, I don't know why movie, miniseries about a killer clown killing people yeah i don't know why that would catch anybody's attention it's uh,
2: uh yeah. the biggest thing is that it's just well made it gets people still yeah. love it i've shown it to kids and they still love it
1: Yeah, Yeah, I would say the most interesting stuff is uh, the talking with Tim Curry about him sort of coming up with the character and Tommy Lee Wallace sort of him working with Tim Curry on it because the story before is they wanted to put a lot more like prosthetics and stuff on his face to make him more like angular and give it a bigger chin and stuff and Tim Curry t- kept yeah. telling him, like, no, like, that's too far. Number one, he, he had done legend, and he didn't want all that, that prosthetics again. And number two, he's like, it's just too much. Like, he's so like, you have to play it as a straight clown, and then through my performance will make it scary. And everybody kept fighting him on it, but then they finally did it. And Tommy Lee Wallace is like, he was 100% right. Because prosthetics would have just buried everything. Having him just play it straight, and then changing up his his uh, you know the character when it came time to become evil like that was definitely the way to go. It's like well, duh, Tim Curry. Yeah.
2: But, well, and I think yeah, that performance is just so solid.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Can't
2: you can't cover up Tim Curry? You just can't.
1: No. It's yeah, he's so good at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting to hear everybody that worked on it talking about how they came to it and sort of what it meant. And, you know, Seth Green's on it. He talks about it. Apparently he didn't realize he was wearing a Rocky Horror shirt and had to take a van back to to wherever they were shooting with Tim Curry. And he felt really awkward. He's like, I kept trying to cover my shirt up the whole time because I don't want to be that guy that's like, look, I'm wearing a Rocky Horror shirt. But... Tim Curry saw it and just they chatted about it and stuff. But yeah. If you have any connection to that movie? It's definitely worth watching. Yeah. Uh, and then the other documentary I watched this is a documentary called Z channel, a mag magnificent obsession. Um, so apparently in LA they had this cable channel called the Z channel and this guy programmed it that just loved movies and would throw all different kinds of weird stuff on it. And I keep, hearing a bunch of filmmakers who grew up around the late seventies, early eighties talk about the Z channel. I had no idea what it was. And I've, you know, over the years kind of figured it out, but so check this documentary out. And so this was like a pre HBO like cable channel. It was only available in LA. And this guy who loved like, like to like a Quentin Tarantino level of loves movies and was obsessed with movies, like programmed it. And people were apparently seeing stuff that, like, they didn't, never even knew existed. And he was even able to take movies that had flopped, um, that he really liked, and they would play it on the Z Channel. And suddenly everybody in town was, like, talking about it. Like, he'd get a hold of these directors and be like, oh, no, I love that movie that you made, like, 10 years ago. And they're like, oh, that movie? Yeah, everybody hates that movie. And he'd put it on the Z Channel, and suddenly everybody loved it. So it just had this like weird, like, um, weird way of almost like, uh, affecting the film culture, especially in LA. So the whole documentary is just about the channel itself. And then the guy who was programming it, who was kind of a lunatic. So pretty much like Quentin <laughs> Tarantino and, uh, unfortunately I didn't know until I watched the documentary Uh, he went crazy and killed his wife and himself. Oh. And they tell you that the first like couple minutes of the documentary. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't know about that. And then they sort of lead you through the whole documentary leading up to it and everything. So it's just, it's kind of fascinating. So if you're just into stuff like that, which I love hearing about, um, just how weird things will suddenly catch on and everybody will sort of focus on it and it'll change film culture in some way or another. Like I just listened to yeah. a podca- podcast about, uh, they called it the rise and fall of ain't it cool news and Harry Knowles, which I was yeah. never a big ain't it cool news guy. So I never really went to their site all that much, but I knew they were like a big deal. This is like a nine episode, like podcast all about like how the site started, how it became like huge to the point that it was like affecting like studios, uh, pushing movies and investing in movies and stuff like that. Then of course, Harry Knowles ended up being a horrible human being and then everything fell apart. So I just like hearing sort of. How sometimes this weird stuff out of nowhere will catch on and then people are like glued to it and change people's attitudes about certain things. Just find that stuff interesting. (sighs) Something we do every week here.
2: Yeah, We change opinions constantly.
1: (laughs) Not
2: just each other's. That's all. Well, that's it. Now I don't. Now I know I don't like hopping vampires. I didn't used to know that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> a Day older, a day wiser.
2: Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh,
1: all right, for next episode. Uh, everybody, I think think that we forgot about it because we forgot about it last year. But this year, it's going to be the return of Slater September. What? We're going to we're going to kick yeah. it off.
2: Get returned to Slater September. That's not how it works. <laughs> we're End going the back to September back. again.
1: It's like our, we forgot for one year. A
2: retro sequel.
1: We literally forgot at one point. It's like, oh shit, September was last month. that We forgot to do Slater September. Yeah. So we're bringing it back. And for the first episode, we're going to do The Legend of Billy Jean, which I've never seen. I know, I think, Doug, you just watched it a couple months ago.
2: Yeah, whatever you bought it made it available to me.
1: (laughs) And then we're going to watch a 1986 movie called Twisted, which from what I've read is about Christian Slater torturing his babysitter with some sort of like electronic devices. And apparently it's supposed to be like a thriller. That's a high recommend.
3: (laughs) I have not seen it. I was going to say, that sounds like a weird porno.
1: Yeah, it's... I don't know, like, apparently there's some... The thing I read on IMDb is some nice babysitter who runs afoul of an evil Christian Slater in 1886. They say something about electronic devices, I'm assuming, like, remote-controlled shit, because I was big in in the mid-80s. And, uh... I did find it. I couldn't find it anywhere, but it is streaming uh, a full copy of it on YouTube and legend of Billy it's, Jean is yeah, on the show. YouTube. So, you yeah. know, because yeah, I found out there's a shit ton of movies called twisted.
2: Yeah. Like I just searched it on IMDb and there's like so much stuff that pops up.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'll save the, uh, the, uh, the Christian Slater one on YouTube into the shows, uh, YouTube account to watch later. All right.
2: He is, uh, it is, the director only, only directed one movie, but he's a cinematographer, which does not seem like it would translate to this type of a
1: movie. <laughs> yeah, I've never even heard of this movie, but as soon as I read the synopsis, I'm like, well, that's one I definitely want to watch.
2: Yeah, I want to watch it. Uh, I'm so glad that you found it, quite frankly. I'm excited to see it. Yeah.
1: See, you're happy for and the I, return of Slater September.
2: I already know I like The Legend of Billie Jean. And now this.
1: Huh. We'll see. Hopefully it'll be a good one this year. I haven't planned out the other weeks yet, so we'll have to see. Have to see if I can find anything good. Just we winging
3: it. We, 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 we might forget. Winging an entire theme month. <laughs>
1: well it'll take me like five minutes to come up with the list it's not that exciting uh, anything else exciting i feel like i was gonna ask you um, guys about something i completely forgot what it was i don't know um, it's not have been that good but holy shit warner brothers is and a bunch of shit huh yeah they're even getting rid of stuff that they own off of hbo max because they don't want to pay more residuals
3: it's insane is that right they're it's- pulling shows
1: oh yeah yeah I, didn't, say, I of, didn't
3: know that. I knew that they were canceling new seasons.
1: No, no. They're pulling pulling shows that are done off of uh, HBO Max. Shows that they own that are like originals. And they're like, yeah, we want to pay as much residuals if we take them off service. I,
3: that's crazy. Did HBO mind. somehow go Broke.
1: No, it's just the guy who used to be in charge of Discovery is now in charge of Warner Brothers as a whole since they merged. And uh, since Discovery is basically like a very documentary run sort of thing, I think his thought process is just strip as much money out as we possibly can to make it as economically uh, viable as possible.
2: But it seems like it's just it's not good long-term thinking to take away shows no. that you own and not let people watch them. Yeah. You own intellectual property. That's that you can make available to people and it'll attract them to sign up for your service. Mm.
1: I, yeah. And apparently they're cutting out the 45 uh, day window before stuff shows up on HBO max. Cause they want people to go see shit in theaters. Okay. Like, I, I understand yeah. the thought process, but I feel like that genie is so far out of that bottle now that I just don't know if that's going to work.
2: Yeah. And I just, I don't know. Like, the people who don't want to go to the theater, who are waiting for stuff to come home, I don't think it matters what that wait time is. I think people, there are a percentage of people who just don't want to go to the movie theater anymore. There's some of us who still like to go. I go out of my way to go, but there's people who don't. And, what can you say like they they don't want to I don't think you can make them so it is a uh, a little bit frustrating sometimes when you pay to see a movie and then like very shortly after it pops up on you know one of the streaming (laughs) services and you're like but I just paid to
0: see that
1: I could have waited two weeks Yeah, makes me worried. There's a lot of stuff from uh, Warner Brothers that I like that I think is gonna get fucked up because of all this shit. You know, there
2: actually had a DC project that I heard of because Kevin Smith was one of the directors involved, but it was gonna be mm. anthology and just one-offs. Yep. And, like it was all these interesting directors. I forget all the names that I heard of, but it's like it sounds interesting. Just doing these one-off, like what-if
1: style, like but movie caliber. And yeah trying to remember he was going to do a jimmy olsen story yeah and a uh bizarro story i think what it was all that? one it was all one yeah yeah the two were going to come together yeah
2: with a story and they were, they wanted to get nick cage to play bizarro yeah which i was <laughs> which, like yes i'm fine with that um but yeah i mean i you know like even if you're not necessarily the biggest kevin smith fan in the world, it's an interesting idea to give these like directors, this one off opportunity to tell an, an individual story in the comic book world where we just don't get that anymore. Everything is trying to tie in. So, Yeah. I mean,
3: although they're making crazy decisions, like axing, uh, the Matt Reeves they are like, you can finish your trilogy, but then we're done. It's like, are you guys sure? Yeah. It's like the most insanely popular
2: thing you've done lately. No, yeah, uh, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand what the what the thought process is behind everything that goes on over there, and it, they change management, and then it's still crazy. I don't get it.
1: <laughs> I did read though that it sounds like uh, you know how we were talking. They need a, a Kevin Feige over there. Yeah, they may be uh, grabbing uh, Greg Berlanti, who did all the CW superhero stuff. Who's sort of yeah. the Kevin Feige of all that stuff. They may move him up to. Uh, to be in charge of all the DC movies. The
2: thing is, they have to have the I mean, balls actually. to do a hard, a hard cut, and just be like, "Look, we know you like some of these actors in these roles and stuff, but it's fucking done." Mm. And give it, even if it's just long enough to make a couple of movies, and then start from scratch again. And mm. I don't think they're, I don't think they are ready to make that commitment. So that it, they're, they're trying to fix something that's not fixable, and now their Flash movies in trouble because. They hired a psychopath to play their superhero. <laughs> and it's like
1: every week. It just gets worse and worse. He's like, Charge,
2: they're with gonna breaking ke- into somebody's house now. It's like, what?
1: Oh, Jesus. But they're gonna keep that going though. But we gotta cancel that uh Batgirl movie. Jesus Christ. They're
2: actually I actually have seen the first headlines now of well, maybe this won't come out. So
1: who fucking knows? <sighs> the whole company's a fucking mess right now yeah and no will be sad they did uh announce they have no plans to do another season of Young Justice so Boo. got to come back for two seasons and then off again it yeah, seems like I heard one of their big mandates is any animation stuff for children or teens they're just getting rid of it which makes no sense since they own a, a, a TV channel called the Cartoon Network I don't understand what the fuck they're doing
2: none of it makes any damn
1: sense to me I don't know
0: Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theatre. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.